This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Uh, Rob Holly. Rob Holly. What would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? My primary role of uh, just to be basically a dancer with my friends out in Delaware. That's uh, what I love to do. Uh, although I do teach and um, I do choreographed dances, my main love is just dancing on the floor with my friends, hmm. you know, country line dancing. Hmm. So. Where, where is it that you go dancing? Uh, well, I'm from, uh, I live in Bear, Delaware, and I have one gig where I teach and DJ. That's at Delaware Park Casino. It's in Wilmington, Delaware. And I'm there every Thursday from uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Hmm. Yes. And is there much of a line dance scene out that way? Oh, yes. Really? Uh, the, uh, that whole tri-state area, which includes Delaware, Maryland, a little portion of New Jersey, a little portion of PA, uh, it's actually a really good, uh, not a hotbed of line dance community, but some of the names, uh, if you know Joanne Brady, she's from Delaware. She's Love a good her. friend of mine. Uh, Patty Nevins Leathers, mm-hmm. uh, she does a lot of instructional videos. Uh, she has a class out there on Mondays. Is that Dancing with Patty? Dancing with D-Y-A-O. Wow. So she's a very close friend of mine, so I've learned a lot from her over the years. Hmm. Of course, Joanne Brady. There's Pepper Wallings. Uh, she teaches out there. And then in Lower Delaware, my friend's uh, Jennifer Tunis. Um, so that whole area within a good 60-minute radius, there's a lot of dancing. You could dance in Delaware every single day of the week. Hmm. Yes. What are some of the more popular dances out there right now? Uh, well, at the risk of sounding like I'm uh, 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 kissing up to you guys, we do love Can't Walk Away, uh, which is why we knew it during the competition, because we've known it for the last six, seven months. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is popular. Um, sorry, this is one of those delayed those pauses. Um, oh, oh, I guess the most recent popular dance we started doing was Oh Mama Hey. Oh, uh, Patty Nevins taught us that. That's um, ambitious. Which I plan to teach at Delaware Park in a couple weeks. Hmm. Uh, there should be interest, so I'll have to weigh it. Now, we mainly do country at Delaware Park, mm-hmm. uh, about 75% country, but we do have 25% where we do ain't misbehaving, you know, those oh. kinds of things. Huh. Uh, so we do kind of mix it up, sugar, honey, iced tea. Those are some dances we like out there. Do you do any of the standards like watermelon crawl? Yes, we, and, and we, still do, um, we still do a small collection of the classics like 38-step, uh, you know, Dizzy, uh, cowboy rhythm, those types of things. Uh, we still like to do that. Uh, those uh, the older classics, I guess you'd call them. Yeah. Okay. And it's so interesting to find out like what is considered a classic or a standard, depending where you are. Because like in Northern California, we would probably think like Alley Cat or something. Southern California has never done Alley Cat. They don't. They don't do it Very there. Very true. They yes. do black. Uh, was it black velvet? We don't do black velvet. Yes. But everywhere down there does it. Now uh, where we are, there are so many different places to dance in Delaware. Uh, of course, you know, New Jersey, Maryland, and PA. And, but luckily, there's still like a 25% overlap. Mm. So even if you might visit places that would be uh, 30 minutes away, you'll still know some of the dances, you know, between 20 and 30% because there is a little bit of overlap. Mm-hmm. It's not a complete, you know, 100% overlap because that might be boring because wherever you go, you're dancing the same things. Mm-hmm. But it's nice because it gives you a variety to see new stuff on the floor. 
but you, you're still not wasting your time because you're getting dancing in about 25, you know, 30% of the time. So who are like the deciders or the tastemakers out there who bring in these dances? I, I guess basically it's the local instructors, mm-hmm. right? So whatever they end up liking, um, they'll teach and then sometimes they catch on mm-hmm. and uh, like your dance did catch on. I think, um, I think my friends Stephen Pistoia and Laura Stanton, they first found that dance. Um, it was actually on my radar, and they ended up teaching it first at their place at Tailgates in Newark. Hmm. Um, and then a few of us, a few others ended up teaching it, and then it caught on. So now it's a big, uh, you know, staple in the Delaware area. That's exciting. But, <laughs> but it's basically whatever the instructor's like, and if it kind of catches on, um, it'll kind of spread word of mouth, and then the other instructors might end up teaching it. Like another uh, example of that is Highway Honky Tonk, which was taught by some local uh, it was taught by one local instructor, and then another one picked it up like two months later. And now, I'm actually going to be teaching it Monday because uh, mm. I'm filling in for Patty. She's away in Florida, so I think that's another one that just caught on word of mouth. Everyone loved it, mm-hmm. and it just sort of got a general consensus that, oh, you know, everyone just loves this. Mm. Um, and of course, another one is Lonely Drum. I mean, everyone, yeah. I think it's actually a federal law if you don't know that <laughs> dance. You know, it's against the law not to know that yeah. dance. It yes. Yeah, it, so. it just has gone everywhere. Yes. It's complete crossover dance. It's done everywhere in the circuit at every event. It's like a great floor filler for that, and the country bars love it. And it's almost um, like the last dance that, to me, that had that type of popularity was American Kids. Oh, yeah. So this one, to me, seems like this, because it's that perfect balance between it's not too easy, it's not too hard, so it gets that perfect sweet spot mm-hmm. where... The beginners can do it, but it's still challenging and fun enough for the advanced dancers. Mm-hmm. And that just captures like 90% of the, the, you know, the dance market or community. And that's the ones that really stick around forever. Mm-hmm. So that one's going to be sticking around forever, I think. Have you encountered that in your own choreography as well, trying to find that sweet spot? Uh, I guess... I guess it might be the, you know, the dream or goal of everyone to find that perfect dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Usually, like I don't think in the like I wouldn't, I don't necessarily think in those terms. Hmm. Although it would be nice if something did gain momentum and that kind of stuff. But I usually just let the music kind of drive my selection, mm-hmm. and then um, like I sort of go from there. Like you know, if there's music, it just inspires you and you just work on something. And then depending on the steps, if you kind of you know, hey, yeah, I'll kind of just make this kind of a beginner dance, or if it inspires you even more and you want to get a little bit more elaborate. So um, I don't necessarily try to you know, make that sweet spot dance, but just kind of whatever the mood hits, you know. Mm-hmm. And if it turns out to be something popular, then so be it. That's mm-hmm. just a bonus. Yeah. Are there any that you're especially proud of or uh, that may, more people would know? Uh, let's see. Um, well, what's popular, one of the most popular dances of my own um, in the Delaware area is probably the fighter. Oh. Now, uh, one thing is, uh, I guess maybe I'm odd in this way, but I haven't taught a lot of my own dances mm. com- compared to the number I've choreographed because I feel a little funny yeah, teaching my own dances because I, I want to um, expose my, my students or whatever to other dances like Can't Walk Away, Lonely Drum, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to like every month... You know, Rob's teaching another one of his dances and that eye roll. So I'm very funny that way, so I, I kind of limit it. But um, 
when the fighter came out, now there was already another uh, dance to it, and um, but that one sort of kind of caught um, word of mouth in the area. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up being one of the last people to actually teach it mm. because other people had already taught it and liked it. And then, then that was enough. All right, well, I'm not like infringing on my own, you know, like, you know, the audience is asking, so I, you know, I have to. Yeah. Um, now, the other dance that I really like, and I, I guess it's sort of like the dance, not that, that I'm on the map, but the one dance that kind of put me on the map a little bit is uh, Can't Blame It on the Booze, hmm. uh, which I really like, and we still do today. It's about two years old, actually this month, or I'm sorry, two years old this month, and we still uh, do it today. Oh, well, yeah. happy birthday to it. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're teaching, especially in, in a, a setting like a country bar, the challenges that you encounter may be different than you know teaching a, an event uh, such as this where you have more experienced dancers most of what they're drinking is water um, what what have been some of the challenges you faced as an instructor in your setting and how have you overcome those well um, now where I teach at Delaware Park even though it's it's like a bar setting is actually inside the casino which is a bunch of slot machines mm-hmm. but they had this huge floor and there's a bar nearby but for the most part um, most of them do drink water, and okay. it's free to get in, so that uh, attracts people. Uh, but we do get big crowds, so I, ironically enough, I am used to teaching to, you know, there could be 70 people on the floor, you know. Mm. And, um, but um, I know Patty, she, she's, um, Patty Nevins, she loves the bar scene. Like, not, not the bar scene, but the, the bar dances. Mm-hmm. So w- the venues she always tries to teach at are those types of bars that uh, you could fit like 35, 40 people in there and uh, they serve food and alcohol and stuff and she uh, she's most comfortable filling in there so um, or teaching there mm-hmm. so when I fill in for Patty um, it's a little bit more intimate mm-hmm. because there's you know me and 25 others and um, but thankfully most of my dance friends aren't too much of alcoholics so they do retain the dances there's you know we don't um you know, worry about uh, people being so tipsy they can't retain anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it is sort of a, you know, a good hotbed of line dancing, a good majority of the dancers are pretty experienced. Mm-hmm. So they, they, uh, it's easy to teach them because they do pick up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but occasionally we do get the beginners, um, so we just kind of slow it down when they're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you get started in line dancing and what has kept you in it okay. along the way? Uh, what got me into line dancing uh, is my wife, Susan. Uh, we met online before Match.com and all this kind of stuff back in 1999. She lived out in Champaign, Illinois, and I was living in Delaware. And uh, the only dancing, I, I didn't even listen, I wasn't a country music fan at that point. Uh, I grew up in the 80s, so I was Michael Jackson, Prince. You know, Prince is like my fav- most favorite artist. So I grew up on a lot of R&B. Um, you know, as a little kid of 14, 16, you know, I did breakdancing, you know, all those breakdance movies in the 80s. So, uh, you know, regular club dancing. So I met Susan, and since she lived out in Champaign, Illinois, and I lived out in Delaware, I had to fly out. So we dated sort of, you know, um, by flying back and forth. And she was in, we were both recently separated, she was into country line dancing. So when I would fly out there, she would take me to this country bar, and there was country line dancing. And while uh, I wasn't interested in learning it, it was so fun to watch. 
you know, the guys kicking and the stomping and, you know, the fingers in the belt loops and all that kind of stuff. And it was really neat to watch. And she ended up teaching me like a very easy couples dance, which I loved. It was really nice. So, so I had a chance to dance with her when I was out there. So then uh, she moved out to Delaware uh, about a year later. And she was asking me, well, let's find a place to, you know, country line dance. I didn't know any place to take her. So that kind of, for a couple of years, we just couldn't, because, you know, she's new to Delaware, so she doesn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into country music, really. Um, so I, I just didn't know where to take her. Well, then I got a little bit older, so around 2005, I noticed my music tastes started to change a little bit. Mm. The heavy bass, I was getting older, you know, more gray, less hair, and the heavy bass was, wasn't as appealing. Mm. And I was flipping through channels, and I came across the country music TV, uh, like the MTV of country music uh, videos. And there was a Toby Keith video called I Love This Bar, oh, I love and I thought that was the funniest song. And ever since then, I just started watching more country music. And, you know, of course, it wasn't, you know, the old classic country, but it was more like pop country and so forth. Mm -hmm. And um, I still had a little background with country music because I was born in Georgia and my parents were from the South, so they would play a lot of Buck Owens. So it was always in the back of my, you know, my cortex or whatever. So just waiting to be unleashed, I guess. Mm -hmm. So once I got into country music, then the following year, when Susan kept bugging me to take her country line dancing, I was way more receptive. And we went, and I immediately got hooked. Mm-hmm. Now, I was in my work shoes, you know, with rubber soles or whatever. So, but I immediately loved it. And um, so we started going out a couple times a week. Um, then I had to go out and get some, um, some Dan Post cowboy boots. And ended up getting a hat and... At one point, we were going at least five or six times a week because I was just, my adrenaline level was so high, I just want to absorb all the information because you're learning steps and terminology and phrasing and all this stuff and all these great, it was just so much fun. For at least a year or two, we would go out dancing um, four or five times a week. And we'd stay out till midnight, and I'd work the next day, but I was never tired. Yeah. Because you're, you're just on this adrenaline high, just like a sponge, absorbing all this stuff. Um, so that was January of 2006. And ironically enough, I guess because of my job, um, I'm a mechanical draftsman designer. I'm very analytical. Mm-hmm. So breaking down dances to learn was easy. Because, you know, I'd, it was just kind of easy to break them down. So that, in turn, made it easy to teach to my friends, like, well, all right, show me Chill Factor. Well, here, I learned it. This is how I break it down, you know. Mm-hmm. And that made it, so then that's how I kind of just accidentally got into teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started dancing in January, and I ended up, um, I was asked to substitute teach at a bar that's since closed called Friendly Tavern in New Jersey mm-hmm. that June. So just four or five months later, I started dancing, and then I was teaching um, I think I ended up teaching Chill Factor there. So, yeah, so one of my first, some, the first time I ever taught was like this really hard dance. Uh, but I guess because of my analytical background, it just kind of made it easy to break down those dances. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I never really took on a full time teaching job after that. I liked filling in for my friends, 
and I filled in for Patty because uh, I knew her back then. I filled in for my friend uh, Jim Dawson at Just Mug Saloon, and it was nice to just substitute a little bit. But as we would learn dances, um, I'd still kind of teach to my friends, maybe off to the side or in the parking lot. You know, there'd be a group of seven of us, seven of us that wanted to learn something intricate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it never, nothing full time. It wasn't until um, we started dancing at Delaware Park uh, in early 20, uh, 2012. And um, they, they had this little small floor at the time. It was 12 by 15 feet and um, a little parquet floor. And we'd go there, and uh, we were learning the dances. And then um, one day, the, the regular instructor didn't show up. All right, that's, you know, that's normal. We didn't show up for three weeks. So um, I went up to the DJ at the time and said, hey, if you need me to kind of fill in until you find a permanent instructor, I'll, I'll, keep, this, I'll keep the ship going for a couple months. And then, you know, he's like, all right. So uh, I started to teach. So I was... I thought of it as a substitute gig, but just for a month or two. And it went really well. So the DJ actually said, hey, do you want to do this like every Thursday? So I had to actually, Susan and I had to have a long talk because now it's like, do we want to take on this commitment? Because it's one thing, we always would go out dancing Thursday, but when you know in the back of your head, if you don't feel like going, you don't have to. It's much different than... You have to be there every Thursday. And I wasn't sure I was ready to take that commitment. But by this time, I, I was ready to kind of take that next step. So Susan's like, yeah, just, you know, you know, pays pretty good. Just do it full time. So um, that's when I started teaching at Delaware Park full time. And then I kind of changed up the, um, I wanted to bring intermediate dances. So even though the, our music runs from 7 to 10, I said, how about I take that 6.30 to 7 slot before the music starts, teach hard stuff. Mm. I'll take two, three, four weeks to teach something hard. We got a full 30 minutes to really break it down. And then at 8 o'clock, we'll do our beginner lesson while everyone's there and been drinking. So we started with that format, and it really um, captured the attention of everyone. And the crowd started getting bigger and bigger. And uh, friends were complaining about the floor was way too small now. Mm. And I uh, had one friend in particular. She started writing letters every week to the management at Deller Park. We need a bigger floor. We need a bigger floor. So I took over in either August or September 2012. And by March of the next year, four or five months later, Deller Park committed to getting a bigger floor. Hey. So we were down. they shut us down for about two weeks. And we came back and we had this great big floor. Uh, so... Um, I guess then the rest is history. So, so I've been there basically since um, uh, 2012. Yes. What inspired you to start choreographing as well? Well, that was uh, that's a, I guess a funny story as well. Um, when I started dancing, um, this was you know was, we still had the internet, but uh, you didn't there wasn't as many dances online finding videos, so it was kind of harder to you know dances sort of traveled word of mouth even uh, back in 2006 2007. And uh, we would learn dances, and, but there was always a dance or two that we would dance. And then back of my head, I'd go, you know, that doesn't fit right. You know, if, you know, if I had it, you know, just to, to myself, I just thought, you know, if I did this, I would have changed this. So I kind of had all these steps sort of like in my head and, um, you know, all these ideas in my head. But, I, you know, I wasn't teaching anywhere full time. And I was just, you know, dancing with my friends whenever. 
and it wasn't until um, actually January of 2016 that I kind of had enough confidence to say, let me put one or two of these down on paper and just see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a couple dances early on, like January and February 2016. And they're nothing to write home about. I mean, they're not terrible. but um, And it wasn't until um, I ran across that Steve Mokler song, Love Drunk, which ended up inspiring Can't Blame Her on the Booze. And um, that one... Um, I really liked, like, per, you know, I mean, we all, they're all like our children, so we all kind of like them all. Mm-hmm. But that one, I thought, at least to myself, I thought, you know what, I think this really goes well with the music, like hits to me, you know. And, uh, you know, my close friends agreed, but, you know, they could just be, maybe, you know, they're just because they're my friend, they're agreeing that they like it. Mm-hmm. So I, I did upload a uh, Copper Knob, I made a demo video with my, uh, my friends, they have a little dance bar out in Woodstown, New Jersey. The four of us made a little demo video. And um, so I put on Copper Knob. And then I remember for the first time since I started creating dances that someone outside of Delaware actually sort of picked it up. Uh, my friend out in Texas, Tony New. Oh, yes. yes. I met him at Worlds. He was the first person who ever, you know, he, he basically sort of helped, I guess, helped put me on a map because he was the first person outside of the little tri-state area that said hey this dance is good enough I'm teaching it and I was just floored like there's some dude I don't even know out in Texas he liked this and that's when I that was just the right amount of confidence to think well maybe you know maybe this is worth it to keep pursuing it you know that kind of thing so uh, once once that happened then that um, it kind of took away my fears a little bit my insecurities then I had a little bit more confidence, and then I just, you know, and then that's like when the it was like the faucets came on, because then like all of these ideas just came out, and like um, it was almost I think you know, maybe it's a little too much, but I almost had like a a dance once a month, you know, I'd make a demo video, and um, actually there was other dances that I ended up shelving just because I thought I I don't want to release two or three dances in a month. Um, but it, for a year or so, it seemed like every month I had um, something that came out. And some I was proud of. Some looking back, I'm like, well, you know, that's not the greatest dance. But it helped my resume. You know, you know they don't all have to be so great. Uh, but I thought it was still worth it just to get it out there, you know, just um, so it could be captured for historical purposes. You know, this is what I was thinking in this month. You know, this is the ideas and the steps that kind of were inspired you know whether it sticks around or not that's you know to be seen i guess yeah it's almost like a living dance journal yes yeah that's a good way to yeah um but that's so basically with because of tony knew that's what sort of gave me that confidence to kind of keep going mm-hmm. so that was pretty amazing that someone i never even met just someone on the internet you know just well he liked something you created in your head he liked it enough to teach it to his students and it just blew me away yeah if other folks wanted to find you on the internet and maybe ask you for original step sheets or uh, any kind of um, ask any kind of questions of you, what's the best way that folks could get in contact with you? Well, uh, of course, uh, it seems now Facebook's always the best way. Yes. How do you uh, spell your name? It's Rob Holly, H O L L E Y, like the carburetor. Uh, so uh, usually my profile picture might have me in my cowboy hat or or Philly's hat, you know. 
It has to be a hat because I got to cover the, the thinning uh, hairline. Uh, so they can find me. That's just my normal profile uh, account. But I do have a line dancing page and a group. They're both called Team Holly Line Dancing. So I have a page. But of course, I also uh, created a group because um, Facebook's weird with their pages and the way they, you know, the, um, uh, the amount of hits you get. So groups are sometimes better. So whatever content I share on my page or upload on my page, I just share it to my group, you know, that kind of thing. So, the, so basically, the best way to reach me would be Team Holly Line Dancing. Yeah, and that's H-O-L-L-E-Y. Okay. Now, once people are in your group or on your page, is there any message that you like to put out there for folks to, to see? And if there is one now, what would that be? Anything that you would want people to think about or maybe consider taking some kind of action on in the line dance world? Uh, oh, message. I'm... I'm not really sure, Chris. Um, yeah, some people have said, you know, like, have fun with it. Uh, some people have said, uh, almost an equivalent of, like, you use your blinker. <laughs> like, let people know what you're thinking when you're on the floor so you don't bump into anybody. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if there's anything, um, anything that you would just want people to, to think about or um, maybe share with their dance community, anything that you have, have seen that's important for you that you hope other people take away. Uh that nothing really comes to mind at the moment, but since I have this platform right now, I do want to thank everyone and anyone who's looked at my dances and taught it anywhere. That's just, that's still kind of mind-blowing that there's people, you know, outside of your immediate family that sometimes likes what you created and coming out of your head. So I do want to thank every single one of them. It's just, it's still sort of humbling. Yes. A couple of final questions. Are there any classic dances that you would like to see kept around or uh, perhaps brought back if you haven't seen them in a while? Ironically enough, um, that's been a big... Um, there's been a big surge of that lately in, that, in our little tri-state area mm -hmm. uh, because there are so many places that dance. We've almost been uh, overwhelmed with, about, with the amount of new dances, mm -hmm. you know, teaching so many new teachers. So someone said, you know, we should bring back some classics. So um, not that it's, it's this, well, Chill Factor is a classic, but most people know it. So I thought to give everyone sort of like a mental break and not teach anything brand new, uh, I said, well, I'll teach Chill Factor. We had a little poll when I had let people pick, you know, you know what classic line dance do you want me to teach at Delaware Park? And Chill Factor overwhelmingly won, and I ended up teaching it um, I've taught for the last three weeks, um, which is amazing because when we play that at Delaware Park, the floor is filled. Mm -hmm. So I was surprised by the number of people who don't know it. That what, So I can't even imagine what it's going to be like now because yeah. now the rest of Delaware is going to learn it. Yeah. Uh, so that was one classic that we kind of brought back. And the next classic uh, dance is Something in the Water. Oh, Niels Poulsen. Yes. Yeah. So that's the next one. Uh, when I'm ready to do my next classic dance, which will probably be in about two months, I'm going to pull that one out of the uh, and dust it off. I love that yes. one. I, I describe the first half of that dance like a sandwich, where you've got your step, kick, step, touch, and then after that, you've got the sandwich. You've got your bread, which is a shuffle. You have a rock recover, which is maybe like your condiments. You have the meat, which is two shuffles, and then you have your condiments on the other side of the yeah. bread, and then you have the final piece of bread, which is another shuffle. So you got shuffles on the ends, yeah. shuffles on the insides, and rock recovers as your dressings and lettuces and tomatoes. And then you uh, have your pickle there, which is the heel switches. Yeah. Oh, at the end, yeah. 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 Right. 
that's, that's true. a that's pickle it. on top of the sandwich. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even thought about that. I'll have to throw that in my next lesson. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, one final question. What is a dance that you think everyone should learn right now? Across uh, the board. Well, I would say Lonely Drum, but I think everyone already knows that. Yes. It's possible. Uh, but my my favorite dance right now is uh, Guy Monday and Joe Thompson, Oh Mama Hey. Oh, yeah. Which, even though I'm considered like a country person, uh, that's not a country dance, but I do really love it. So, yeah. yeah, and I believe Joe's teaching it right now. Yes. So maybe we ought to head yeah. over there. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, I'll see you on the dance floor. All right. Take care.